Welcome to the Lusander Show. This is episode three of my continuing coverage of the Midwest Peace and Liberty Fest from last year. Today will be two interviews I really enjoyed listening to, uh, as well as conducting them. First up is going to be Joseph Motard, who has been a friend of mine since the very first fest. He's the central planner in charge of booking these wonderful speakers, as well as the chauffeur when they arrive at the airport in the middle of the night and making sure that their needs are met. He has reprised his role of organizer for the speakers and is bringing another great lineup this year. He's going to talk a little bit about what goes into making this work, as well as his personal experiences and the enjoyment that he gets out of these festivals. After that, I have my interview with Matt and Annette. They came out the year before last for the afternoon, just as day visitors, to listen to Prof. CJ because they were listeners of his show. This year, they came back for the full weekend and had some really great observations and impressions, and it was, it was really, really fun to talk to them. This year's fest is right around the corner from when this podcast is getting released. And as I've mentioned before, I'm hoping to get all of the interviews released by the time it starts. I don't have any particular order, and I'm combining some of the shorter ones to make that happen. Let me give a, a plug for the for the next fest now. The 6th Annual Midwest Peace of Liberty Fest will be held at the Circle Pine Center in Delton, Michigan, just outside of Kalamazoo, from Thursday, June 21st through Monday, June 25th. Scheduled speakers include Scott Horton of Antiwar.com, Brett Bonat of the School Sucks podcast, Dana Martin, the Radical Unschooler, and C.J. Kilmer of the Dangerous History podcast. Nick Hazelton, Jim Cunnigan, Luis Fernando Mises, Derek Bros, and Ole, I'm not going to try and get his full name, but Ole from Norway and Indonesia will be out doing presentations also. Anyway, as well as presentations, there will be all sorts of other activities. There's going to be aerial yoga, there's going to be a disc golf trip, and the usual outdoor activities that go along with a camping trip. There's a lake down there with, with canoes and swimming, nice little beach, and plenty of trails for hiking. And of course, there will be bacon. Lots and lots and lots of bacon. So anyway, here's my interview. First, we're going to start off with Joe, and then we're going to switch over to Matt and Annette, and I really hope that you enjoy it. Peace and Liberty Fest and talking with Joseph Motard and he is the orchestrator, the, the, the maestro, the conductor, the person who put together all these wonderful speakers that we've had. So thank you very much for your service there, Joe. Well, Lou, you kind of kept me alive with the food there, so thank you for yours as well. <laughs> You're welcome for my food service. <laughs> so all right, so you had a very, very uh, difficult task here, and it, it was kind of like hurting anarchist cats. So how in, the, how in the happy Halloween did you pull it all off? Because you managed to score Jeffrey Tucker, Dana Martin, uh, Adam Williams, Sterling Luhan, and, and just a gang of other people. Well, I'll tell you, um, 
Yeah, this is the first time I've ever been part of the, the organizing committee um, with the festival. So um, it was a new and learning experience for me as well. But um, really, uh, our people were not that hard to get to say yes. Um, when we explained to them what the fest was and um, uh, and told them where we were and, and what we we're all about, um, you know, Dana was, was a yes right away. She was so excited about it. Um, Tucker, um, yeah, I just basically said, hey, would you be interested in this? He says, no, no, I have to be in Grand Rapids on that day. And I said, well, <laughs> I have good news for you because Delton, Michigan is only about 45 minutes from there. And he just says, sure, let's do this. <laughs> Yeah, he said he wants to come back next year too. Um, he um, so we were supposed to have originally done a a bourbon for breakfast um, event with him on Sunday morning, but he regrettably had to cancel it because of an early flight. However, he did make the announcement that um, he would not only come back next year, but he would stay for three days with us. Yeah, well, actually, I was there, and he said he wants to do the whole time. Yeah, so that that's that's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, yeah. To have someone like him, you know, uh, and, and then like Dana and then Adam Williams and all of these, these people we had, these wonderful podcasters that we all listen to, um, including some fiends, <laughs> mm -hmm. but, um, <clears throat> yeah, one or two of them are here yeah. running around somewhere. Exactly. Um, but to have all those people here and to get to hear them speak in person rather than, you know, just in my car, um, is, is really a cool thing. Okay, so what all goes into putting together this type of stuff? How did you choose who you wanted to contact? And yeah, what, what was your criteria for that? Well, you know, we like to get a pretty wide range of speakers. Of course, we have some of the uh, the folks from our own inside group here that, that, uh, that do some of their talks. And we have some people that are returning from years past. But then, um, honestly... Um, we got a few suggestions. We put out a few feelers on Facebook, and but um, these are the people we all know. Um, you, you know, there's not one of us who hasn't heard Jeffrey Tucker and, and seen him, and, and you know, and he's just he's fantastic. So he was one of the first ones I went after, and luckily I I didn't have to make a lot of extra attempts because I got so many yeses so quickly, and um, quite frankly, it was surprising how how easily I got them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, getting Mary Ruard up here, I mean that was that was an awesome get that was a little more complicated but um yeah she is a a, a michigan native which is kind of cool so she has a sister not too far away so she also had that extra oh i can visit my family thing going which helps mm -hmm. um but uh oh man it was so cool to hear her talk and i mean she's for you know in the libertarians uh, uh she's she's a legend she's, she's an og she's yeah. an original gangster libertarian <laughs> yeah like and she was almost the nominee i mean not to mention that the credentials in her background are are absolutely ridiculous i mean what was she said 19 years as a research scientist at upjohn I mean, yeah it was just she's, she's a brilliant brilliant woman and a, a phenomenal speaker i enjoyed her talk tremendously yeah and she's not She's not so much the academic libertarian. Uh, she's more, uh, well, certainly academic, but not purely academic. There's, there's more, to her, more to her than that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, her knowledge of the medical industry is, mm -hmm. is quite astounding. But, but also uh, working on the compassionate angle of libertarianism, which libertarians and anarchists aren't exactly known for that angle, right, either rightly or wrongly. I, I think wrongly, but well, I, obviously there's um, there's some of us that uh, like to be play agitators sometimes because 
being an edgelord is fun, right? But I did want to make sure I had representatives uh, from people who do practice, you know, compassion, like Sterling Luhan, mm-hmm. uh, relational anarchy. And, and Jeff is obviously finds a way to be happy about every single thing he sees. So Yeah, especially if it's got a big giant M on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. As greasy. <laughs> also true. And Dana is a person who I personally have followed on social media since I was, like, first birthed into the liberty movement here. I mean, I watched her on Wifeswap. Uh, she was one of my big influences in how I, how I actually parent my own daughter. So to be able to act to meet her in person was kind of a thrill for me. Oh yeah, I imagine so. As a matter of fact, uh, I took a picture with her yesterday. I also did an interview with her. And when I posted that picture up, there were a number of comments on there of how she was uh, an inspiration to them and, and how they with their family. And I just, a lot of, a lot of thanking her for her service, so to speak. Oh, so. absolutely. I mean, the, her work has touched, I, I can't even begin to imagine how many thousands of lives, which, and let's face it, good parenting breeds good parenting. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're talking about a whole fleet of, of, of kids, this population of children who weren't, you know, destroyed by their parents at, at a young age and who will, uh, yeah, when you watch these, even the kids here, there's a lot of unschooled kids that come to this event with their families. Seeing them, like, uh, um, I was just noticing out there, there's a whole bunch of adults sitting around our big main bonfire. And there's a uh, shirtless, shoeless toddler walking around throwing newspapers and logs on the fire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but doing it with expert precision, not harming himself, and nobody yelling at him. Do you think about what kind of confidence he's going to be able to move through life with, just based on all of that experience and being operate, to be being able to operate with um, confidence and but still within the bounds of safety? It's awesome. Uh, that's what freedom does. You see it with little kids especially, but people who grew up that way, they don't turn into status. One of the things, and, and this subject has come up several times uh, just today, and that is the the way the children behave. Uh, the, the fact that they're polite, they're happy. You don't see anybody, any other kids fighting with each other. You got younger kids playing with the older kids, and I, everything is, everything's going great. I mean, there's, there's, I haven't seen a temper tantrum. Well, yeah, that's because when they are having a hard time with their emotions and they cry, somebody holds them and talks to them and helps them. And they know that. So they don't really need the tantrum because it, it's not necessary to get their needs met. Their needs are met. Mm-hmm. And, and and those grow into people that we really need in the world. Yeah. But that's been the common ob- observation. And people, I mean, unsolicited, that's the thing that when I say, you know, what do you notice about Liberty Fest? That's what they're saying is talking about, grand, you got the AnFam environment, the anarchy family where everybody has a mutual respect for each other, mutual love and, and everything else. And you don't have people that are just being jerks to each other. Uh, but they they also talk about the kids. I well, and one of the really cool things around here, too, is, um, you know, you, you bring a child here, there are plenty of hugs to go around. There are going to be all kinds of people who are very much into attachment, peaceful parenting, who think the same way. And so you can trust your kids with strangers mm-hmm. right? when you come to this thing. Um, I mean, you people, everybody leaves all their stuff unlocked. That We've never had any sort of a problem or threat from that because we're amongst people who respect property rights, which is, is it's amongst our core values and so when you see it in operation and you see how such a, a very wide-ranging population of people can get along in, in complete harmony 
it's 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 pretty incredible. It's like a microcosm into what what our dream utopia could be. Mm -hmm. And some of this interesting is you have parents here, grandparents, uh, like me. I I don't have kids of my own, but I'm a professional uncle. So I like uh, I, I I took uh, I took Jackson fishing today. His dad's deathly allergic to fish, so he's he's not going to be going down there. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I took Jackson. Plus, you know, Jackson thinks I'm kind of cool. So <clears throat> I'm not not sure why, but he does. So I, I took Jackson fishing today. I, we just hung out and had a good old time. And I, I showed him a couple things, taught him a couple things, and, and he's pretty happy about it. And and he's a great kid. Yeah, I um yeah I remember one of the I think it was the first event showing um, Zeke Woods. I was there and I was showing his, his like little toddler son how to properly hatchet the wood and you know everybody's fine nobody gets hurt like that I mean it's uh, you don't have to panic right mm -hmm. everybody trusts you here yeah not everything's worth freaking out over so all right going back to uh going back to the organization oh yeah uh, one of the nice things that I like about Liberty Fest and this is different from let's say a larger thing like a pork fest. When somebody registers to come to the fest, you know, it, it could just be, it doesn't have to be a celebritarian, it doesn't have to be a Jeffrey Tucker or, or anybody else. Anybody can say, hey, I want to do a presentation. And it's open. I, they might not get the prime time slot, but it's open to darn near anybody, I think. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. And and I was thinking if we had something like a, like a wireless PA, you know, we could actually conduct multiple events or, or give, have flexibility to do it in different locations. You know, maybe somebody wants to work outside. But, but yeah, we, we try to leave deliberately open times so that we can get walk-ins. We have a, you know, Mary has the board where people can come sign up. Quite frankly, there's a lot of people here who really want to listen and receive that message, right? They're ready for it. They're, mm -hmm. they're hungry for it. So, you know, for people who are up and coming or people who have a new idea that they want to share, it's 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 a wonderful spot. It's a wonderful chance to get up there. Not to mention you can practice your uh, <laughs> your public presentation techniques because it does take practice. Yeah. My favorite discussions are around the campfire or at the picnic table out in front of the camper here. I I am a fireside person. I um I love the talks, but I love even more is the later on fireside chats about what we talked about or what was presented, or, you know, debating those ideas, examining them, or, or just kind of wandering off. But yeah, the uh, the main fire pit is is an amazing place to be at night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I generally don't go to the presentations. I'll catch a little bit of of well, some cooking. people. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm cooking. Well, yesterday I was cooking and I was doing interviews and everything, so I actually caught very very little of the presentation. So I I had to get a recap of the presentations walking up here from the pavilion and and then also during the interview well yeah i mean you did get to actually have one-on-one -on -one facetime with yeah. all the people so that's uh that's especially cool but yeah we really um our speakers really put on a good show this year yeah well like uh last year when prof cj was here i, I made sure to get over there to see him well it's like when i go to pork fest i i see very very uh, few presentations. I go to see the folks that I know and that I'm friends with. Like, I, I went to see Ben Stone. I saw uh, Michael Dean doing stuff there. Of, of course, I was doing stuff in the middle of the night with the Freedom Fiends. But, uh, yeah, Prof. CJ, Bill Bupert, and these are people that I know. I, I didn't catch a whole lot of the other folks. I definitely didn't go anywhere near the, but 9-11, well, that's so <laughs> far, you know, whatever. It's, it's, that's not going anywhere. That's a dead horse, but anyhow, yeah. But I, even the even the headliners, I don't really catch a lot of them. Yeah, well, I uh, I, I caught just about everybody who spoke. <laughs> so, 
Well, I hope so, <laughs> I, considering that you're in charge of that stuff. Yeah, so I, I think next year maybe a um, a volunteer to play tag team down there at the at the pavilion might be a wise move. It, uh, <laughs> you know, after you sit through um, two full days all day of, of of nonstop speakers, it's like you you can't quite give each one the full attention that you really want to, mm -hmm. to truly absorb it. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's a little more work to it. So it would be nice to have a, a tag team partner for that. But, but now knowing how all the logistics go, I can, you know, plan out those procedures a little better and, and, and make it smoother and happier and, and share the wealth next year. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, you certainly did a, a bang up job. You really pulled it off. You herded the, you herded the anarchy cats. You herded the cat archists. <laughs> It is it is difficult to get them to follow orders, but I I, I want to point out too is um you know Joe Cushing last year did what I'm doing along with other roles he did a lot of it without very much support at all so it was really a pleasure for me to be a part of it and help him out but but he was the uh, you know one of the, our our biggest guys as far as getting things together he he broke his back doing this thing and and he's not the only one we had plenty of help. But another really nice thing is we have a lot of very tech savvy people who are very eager to help. Um, all kinds of guests were, were just volunteering, like, what can I do? What can I do? How can mm -hmm. I be a part of this thing? Everybody wanted to chip in. So I think we can definitely utilize them. <laughs> yeah. I was talking with Matt and Annette earlier, and they were asking what they could do to volunteer, and they want to be part of the organization. They came out here yet last year as day visitors uh, because they heard about Prof. CJ That's right. coming out here. They heard about Prof. CJ because their son told them about the podcast. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that they're also Fiends listeners, too. Oh. But anyway, uh, they heard about Prof. CJ, his his podcast, and they heard on the podcast the advertisement for the Liberty Fest, as well as uh, uh, that he was going to be here. So they came out to meet him. And they came out for the day, and they had such a good time that they came back out this year. They were the folks with the pop-up camper. Oh, yeah, I remember. And, uh, yeah, CJ, he's another kind of personal favorite. So he did send his regrets. He wanted to come back here this year, but I suspect that he'll probably try to find a way to make it next year because uh, we were glad to have him, and, and, and he, seemed to, he seemed to enjoy it. Okay. Anything else that you want to cover or any closing remarks? Well, um, most of all, I just want to thank everyone who came out. This was... Um, you know, I, I saw a lot of people having uh, really happy experiences. And when you're on the, the side of putting this thing together, it at some points it feels like I'm working instead of, you know, just chilling out and camping and enjoying myself. But when I see all of these people who are enjoying it so much and, and, and how thankful they are when they talk to me, it feels really good. And I'm, I'm glad that people enjoyed it. And I'm glad I got to be a part of it. Well, thank you very much for your service. Glad to see you at Midwest Peace and Liberty Fest again. I think you've been for been here for all five, just like I have. I have never missed one. Okay, good, good. Well, let's keep up that trend. Absolutely. So once again, thank you for your service and look forward to seeing you next year. You too, Lou. Thank you. I'm here with Matt and Annette at the Midwest Peace and Liberty Fest, and you guys were out here last year, but you also uh, 
you were just here for a day visit. How did you guys find out about the fest in the first place? Well, we originally learned about it by a text message from one of our children who is also an anarchist. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, he uh, listened to the Prof. C.J. Dangerous History podcast. And it was advertised on that. So we started listening to the podcast and found out that it was within travel distance to our house in a day. Thought we'd come and check it out for a day. We didn't just kind of dip our toes in the water, so to speak, and see what we thought. Had such a good time last year that we decided we were going to come back this year and make a, a full weekend of it and, and camp and uh, spend, you know, day and night here and, and enjoy everybody and the atmosphere and the conversation as long as we could. So what are your impressions? Annette, I've seen you going around talking to everybody on Earth. You're, the, you're definitely the social butterfly <laughs> there. Yes, <laughs> I just find it's a place where everybody is gathering and there's a lot of love, there's a lot of community and a lot of sharing and taking care of each other. And I just find that quite beautiful. The, the phrase that we commonly use is ANFAM, uh, Anarchy Family or Anarcho Family. And that's really what it is. I, I, that's probably the, the most common response that I hear from people when talking about not just the fest, but also the group, is that it's ANFAM. Yeah, I, there's, a, there's a great mutual respect for each other, a lot of love for one another. You could trust your neighbor here. Everybody's helpful. And like you said, the sharing and everything. What were uh, some of the events that happened this weekend that, that you really enjoyed, Odd? Did you hit the presentations? Uh, yes, we did. And they were all extremely good and extremely informative. Uh, I think probably my favorite would be a tie. Jeffrey Tucker gave a very uplifting and educational presentation, which I can't believe I got to see it for free. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was followed by the round table, which had another legend, Ben Stone. And uh, the, the discussion was more fleet free-flowing and a lot of comments from the other roundtable members and even some from the from the people watching it's just it, it opens your mind helps you think about things in a different way when you're actually hearing face-to-face -face somebody talk and explain principles and their thoughts on those principles and history behind those principles uh, it's a lot I got a lot more out of it than I would a recorded conversation in YouTube or a podcast something like that it's uh, definitely the, one of the highlights of my year <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Jeffrey is very inspiring. I've, I've uh, seen him speak a few times and chatted with him a few times. I did a really good interview with him last night after he had a couple uh, couple more shots. Yeah. After a couple more bourbons. <laughs> and, yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty darn good when that when that's posted. Well, actually, by the time people are hearing this, Jeffrey's interview will probably already be posted. But anyway, but yeah, he's very inspiring. He's very upbeat and inspirational. Mm-hmm. Like I've said it probably a hundred times already, when I listen to him, I want to go out and buy gadgets and devices and stuff like that. Whereas other people, I want to go buy ammunition, food storage, <laughs> water filter. Now, because they scare the daylights out of you. Yes. Exactly. There, there's, no, uh, there's no hope. There's no optimism. I, I do have a bit of pessimism to me, but I, I really do appreciate his optimism and his enthusiasm for, for everything. And it's just really amazing that he can stay upbeat. And, and he also eats all that garbage material mcdonald's and stays relatively thin so <laughs> well dressed too <laughs> yeah yeah i think he's sharp yeah so how about you for the weekend i uh overall for the weekend i just enjoyed my experience with the people i met a lot of 
the speakers, I, I, I didn't find anybody that wasn't informative. That's what's so amazing is that it's almost like you're getting all this, all of it's free per se, mm -hmm. when you think of it. And just being around people who think correctly about how we should live and it just makes life I feel happy. I feel happy the whole weekend. You know, in in general, it's such a contrast to what everyday life could be when you're mixed in with people who just don't get the same thing we're getting. And you wonder why not? Because it's such a simple process of just living and letting live. Mm -hmm. I think you see that in, in other people I've talked to today. I think you really see that with the with the children mm -hmm. you know you, you're you're talking about the about that uh youngster before we came in here uh what was he doing he was actually <laughs> it was pretty interesting he had asked me for bottle caps and with the bottle caps what he decided he would do was he would make money with bottle caps he took a hammer he went to a huge rock he flattened them out and then he sells them back to you. I gave them to them, but he sold them back to me. And who who couldn't love that? Yeah. You know, I think it's quite ingenious on his part, the way he thinks. He also had created a garden club that, of course, I was the master gardener in. So, you know, I'm just impressed all over the place with him. So it's just a wonderful thing to see a child be able to free think. And that's just an area that's very dear to me. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something I worked in my whole life. And to be able to see it in action here and the people who bring their children and how the kids are able to just have a great time and really practice skills with adults that they don't normally get a chance to do because everything is so closed down for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the consensus is from all the people I've talked to about, about the kids, both uh, uh, I, I spoke with Derica earlier today, and then also uh, I spoke with Dana Martin last night, and letting kids be kids and not just stopping them from doing everything. Well, you you guys have raised children, so mm -hmm. you know that if you don't let the creative creativity flow then it's going to get stifled you know, every time mm -hmm. you say stop that that has an impact sure and that's mm -hmm. that's going to keep them from trying other things yeah. so it's kids are very curious and and when you're constantly telling them no and stop that that kind of drags curiosity right out of them sure unless it's you something know, dangerous if they're right. going to hurt themselves then we'd step in and you know prevent an accident or an injury mm -hmm. but as long as they're not hurting anything it's going to let them go yeah. what's kind of amazing is if you watch there were children who were infant to young adults mm -hmm. that were here and you did not see one child who was what you call disrespectful. Right. They were all just naturally moving about with adults and doing things that a child does. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about on every level. It's not yeah. just like you looked at it and you had a bunch of wild teenagers. The teenagers that were here were magnificent. Mm -hmm. They were yeah. wonderful people. You had preteens that were here and they were all engaged and they all did things with adults and it was just a normal, natural environment for them. So What I noticed is they're all very happy. Happy, yes. Uh, yeah. and, yes. And of course, polite too. Yes. And, Very. And I didn't see any temper tantrums or fits Not or one. anything like that. Mm -hmm. No. I don't, I don't even think I heard any crying. 
Except for maybe I have like a small baby, but mm-hmm. yeah, the mm-hmm. babies. But that's yeah, the one who was about two years old, and that was because he would wake up and he would wake up and cry. But it still wasn't a big deal. His mom was quite effective with him. You know, she did the yoga, and of course, he wanted mm-hmm. mom. Yeah, but other than that, and that's like a normal response. Did you guys do the yoga? I did. Okay. I did. How was Both that? Mornings. Oh, it was fantastic. Okay. It was fantastic. I, I mean, who wouldn't love getting up, being by a fireplace, sun all around, you're in a natural setting. And she was just fantastic. She was really good. She was really skilled. And that's one of the things that I'm quite impressed with. The people you meet here are not somebody who, they're not people who are just hanging around. They actually have purpose and they actually are quite skilled at the things that they do. And that's quite impressionable to me to watch it and to have it all come together. And the scheduling is loose enough where it allows for flexibility, but at the same time, it keeps your interest. Okay. Wow, that, that's quite the endorsement. Yes. So, would it be safe to say that you want to come back next year? <laughs> well, we will be back next yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt and I, this is our pilgrimage. We will be back next year. Okay. Well, bring friends. Bring more people. Oh, we will. We, will. we certainly will. So, yeah. if somebody's on the fence, contemplating whether they want to come out here or not, what would you, how would you persuade them to come out? Basically, people who I would know, I wouldn't even try to persuade them. I would just invite them. Okay. I would invite them, say, come out. They trust me. They know who I am. So, it's pretty much, much not something that I felt, I would feel like I would have to persuade a person to do. It would be more like an invitation. Mm-hmm. And... By me being very comfortable, that's what would allow me to invite somebody else to come. So they would feel quite, and we already have people in mind that we could invite who would just thoroughly enjoy this. Yeah. And part of us, our family, like our yeah. kids, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and like our cousins. Yeah, I, I, if your kids are turning you on to Prof. CJ and, yes. and all that other stuff, yeah, they need to they need to get out here. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's just semantics, different years. People are in different stages and, you know, their jobs, but Mm -hmm. now we know enough ahead of time and we know what the environment is like. And, of course, we've talked to them several times about how great of a time we're having. And we also said, you know, we wake up and we smell omelet snakes. (laughs) 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 Where do you go where you get real food from a little master chef with his kitchen all set up? And, of course, I'm right next to some woods where every medicinal plant you could imagine is. You know, even just for a person who wants to just be involved with nature. I actually uh, spent some time on the property here with a couple of the ladies who had a garden and helping them to weed it. And they were telling me about the different plants and stuff like that. The opportunities that actually a lot of people don't have time to do especially in the gardening area so it was fun to me to be there and you know deal with them with their gardening and 
cleaning out. Plus, berry picking. You went berry picking. Tell us about that. Oh, nonstop. Nonstop. Yeah, I'm walking down the trail and I just get hungry and run into the woods and grab a snack. And I used to, I used to love foraging for mm-hmm. wild raspberries as, as a child. This is a great foraging area. Oh my God, there's, there's, there's more berries than you can shake a stick at. Mm-hmm. I mean, growing, mulberries also. Yeah, mulberries, wild raspberries. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like there's some more berries that are going to be coming into season in a couple weeks. Those might be red raspberries. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I just... I really enjoyed that as a kid, and as I got older, the the bushes disappeared where I used to go, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know where to find them, because I really a lot of the stuff that I've learned, I've learned as an adult, and, mm-hmm. and much of it over the past few years, but I just fell out of that habit, and, and now I'm here, and just by sheer coincidence, it happens to be the season for them, because mm-hmm. these wild raspberries only grow for... They're three only, weeks. Yeah, they're... It's a three-week window. That is it three have. weeks? I thought it was yeah. one or two weeks, but anyway... It's three. I mean, if you're not paying attention, it's easy to miss it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I got out here and I'm walking around. I saw the, saw some berries. I'm like, holy cow! If I'm lucky by Sunday, they <laughs> they might be ready. And I found some on Thursday afternoon mm-hmm. that were ready. And I've just been scarfing them up left and right. I you you guys saw the bowl that I picked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Full disclosure: not all the berries wound up in the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> But I, mean, I, was, I was just walking around, and I'd stop and talk with people and eat some and share some. And, and the the bowl never got full. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess I had uh, delicious stuff going against me. But what's funny is the, the raspberry bush, it, it's essentially a weed. Yeah, I mean, it, it grows is. everywhere. It grows wild and out of control. It's a weed. But it, it's a weed that has this sweet, tangy candy growing off of it so i yeah. as you can tell i get a little bit excited about this <laughs> it was great is when i get back to bear Saskatchewan in a few days i'll be able to go scouting around in in the area because i just recently moved uh but anyway i'm gonna get out there scouting around for raspberry bushes and now that now that i have a better skill set of identifying them and everything else mm-hmm. it's gonna be easier to find them and i'm hoping that they're just everywhere like they are down here i literally you have a hard time not finding them mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so the the season is usually a couple weeks later up there so mm-hmm. i'm gonna to get to have another well partial day down here tomorrow mm-hmm. and then when i go back up there i could be able to do this all over again yes that'll be nice <laughs> so my belly's gonna be hurting yeah. it's, it's oh, great well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Okay. You know, one of the things, um, just talking about the food and about the berries, things that you find here, Mm -hmm. one of the most interesting things I find about being here is different people and what some of the things that they know about. I'll say, like, to me, I'm very interested in foraging. Mm -hmm. And there's a young lady who's here, and she's from Pennsylvania. And that's what's unique. People come from all over Mm -hmm. to come to this. And she was able to help me identify different things. And we had a book at registration if you wanted to forge that you could just take the book and kind of look up what was available. Everybody's so helpful. Everybody, it, it worked where anything that you're interested in doing, you're really able to do here. Yeah. There, there's a lot of people. You support that, it. Yeah, there's a lot of people that 
or a handful of people here that really understand foraging and, and they know what's what and they, yes. and they, they do it like a second nature. Mm -hmm. And I keep wishing that there would be a class here mm -hmm. to where they, we do a little field trip and walk through the field and walk through the woods and they identify it. Maybe mm -hmm. take a book along like you're talking mm -hmm. about or if you have good cell phone service, you can pull up the Google and, mm -hmm. you know, say, okay, well, this is what this particular bush is. Or here's mm -hmm. how you identify the raspberry bush because mm -hmm. the leaves do this right. and, and there's this many of them, stuff like that. And you can go on Google and look at it and mm -hmm. bookmark it if you need to. But you can figure out what's edible and everything. Because mm -hmm. not just an emergency situation, but if you're camping or hiking and you, mm -hmm. you want to have a snack and you want to, you got all this natural natural. Ugh. natural natural stuff out there <laughs> take advantage of it or e even in your yard uh yeah. the, the lady you're talking about from pennsylvania uh, mm -hmm. it's karen karen yeah i've been to visit her and her husband out there mm -hmm. and they're into the permaculture and mm -hmm. the permaculture it's if you only understand traditional farming and gardening it is it's really off the wall because you see all these things planted together and you're like my god what a mess mm -hmm. when are they gonna cut their grass it's all overgrown and and then as karen takes you through there and, and, and she loves to give these tours uh, she'll say well this one does this and this one helps out for this one here and you can use this because this will complement that this will keep the bugs away from here you come to find out that it's really not such a mess mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. and you find out that everything has a purpose mm -hmm. and, exactly and right. everything works together kind of like and fam mm -hmm. yeah, yeah very good exactly. correlation yeah yeah you wouldn't think that unless you kind of get it explained to you that a lot of supporting pieces that may not look organized like a row crop, a row, row crop of uh, a farm of row crops, in its more natural state, it's more supportive, more healthy, and more perpetual, more more sustainable mm -hmm. than, yes. than the other. Yeah, there's a lot of correlations there, I think. Yeah, because one of the big things about permaculture is you're using your resources to continually replenish and and produce more resources mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, stacking functions yeah yeah but you know everybody's used to seeing rows so obviously that must be the way that it's done yeah everybody's used to pulling a voting lever too so i guess that's the way it's done <laughs> <sighs> my gosh <laughs> and so, on that note <laughs> yeah sorry thanks for, thanks for the buzz kill <laughs> and we were building a warm and fuzzy yeah, here sorry, sorry. maybe i'll delete that out yeah. in post-production or something like that but anyway uh, i'm really glad that you made it back out here i'm really glad that you got a chance to spend more time get involved and meet more people uh, i'm glad that cj was carrying the commercial last year and this year and and that you guys came out here to see him and it's, it's really nice seeing you come into into the fold here and being a Thank part you. of it. So I look forward to seeing you next year. Uh, do you guys any you guys have any closing remarks, comments, or anything that you want to share? I'd just like to say if you have any opportunity to make it out next year, you will not regret being here for two days. It'll be something you'll look forward to. It'll become part of your plans for every year, working your vacation schedule around the time you can spend here. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for me, it's about five days. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, generally what makes it nice yeah. is that you can do a four or five days. Yeah. yeah, but I have such a long drive to get down here that mm -hmm. uh, just a three-day weekend, it's almost not worth it. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, thanks for coming on the show, and thanks for coming back to the fest this year. Oh, and yeah. I can't wait, to, can't wait to see you next year. We can't wait to be here. Yes, right. thank you. I hope you've enjoyed those interviews. I got a kick out of listening to them. 
One of the things that has drawn me to this community, the libertarian, the anarchist movement, is the family environment that you have. There's there's a lot of friendliness. There's a lot of camaraderie. It, it goes completely against the stereotype that's labeled against libertarians and anarchists, but it is a friendly family environment, and people see each other as family, even though they're not really related. That's AMFAM, and that really gives me hope for the future. I'm going to discuss it a little bit more towards the end of this series. We can leave it at that for now. For more information on the fest, go to mplfest.org. That's Mike Papa Lima fest.org. And to check out more of my stuff, go to lucandershow.com. And remember, sharing is caring. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends. Mm-hmm.